and we played in someone's uh, someone's like backyard at basically just like kind of like a family party type thing. Yeah, it was when we showed up, we were like, oh, this is this is gonna be this is gonna be a show. It was, and awesome. it ended up being like I think one of the most like beautiful experiences of getting to share music with people right. in my entire life. CT versus audio interview. In this episode of the podcast, I'll be talking with Joe, Rex, Violet, and Corey of Litvar. The song you heard in the intro is Auto Poet. That is a song that was on the band's debut album, The Greatest Movie of All Time. That is an album we've spent a lot of time uh, talking about and listening to since it came out last year. Uh, Joe also helps run the Willemantic based DIY venue Psych Shack. It's super exciting. We have a cool new venue in Willimantic, which hasn't always gotten its fair share of love in the States music scene. So I'm really excited to be talking with him about that in the second half of our episode. We'll talk about how Litvar started as a two-piece and grew into a quartet, how they came up with the concept narrative of their first album, and why they prefer to record their own stuff by themselves. And then about an hour in, we'll kind of switch gears and talk all things Psych Shack, so stay tuned for that. Okay, here is my interview with Litvar. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have Litvar, and if I could get you to say your names so that that way the people listening know whose voice is whose. So let's go around the horn. Let's introduce ourselves. First, we have Corey. Rex. I'm Joe. I'm Violet. How are y'all doing, Litvar? We doing good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> We're doing we. We're... Doing we. That sounds great. Uh, it sounds like you are feeling very, like, I don't know, it feels like an emoji. Like, if you could express yourself with, like, a an emoji or something like that. Um, like great tape from the problem with kids today. We like to communicate in only emojis. The alert so. sign is, is sort <laughs> yeah. of where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big yeah. fan of the two exclamation points. Yes. Okay, gotcha. I, I like that you brought up, uh, I think it's Tate, uh, who uh, writes in just emojis. Um, if you're listening, Tate, uh, we love you. <laughs> um, so, uh, two of you are friends of the pod or friends of the dog uh, uh, we've interviewed before, so you may know what the next two questions are. Uh, the first question I'm going to ask for the band uh, and Rex and Violet, if you can give separate answers than what you gave before with the ill people episode um what is your favorite place in connecticut it does not have to be music related but it certainly can be if you like it 
1945. Don't say this like Shaq. That's not. It can't be your favorite place. All right. Well, let me let me get some time to think. That. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You guys. I. Like Shaq. Can I can I give a town? Does that Absolutely. count? I love Willimantic. I think that it, it's a hot take because not a lot of people live here, and it's known as not that exciting. And our Taco Bell sucks. But you know what? It's cheap. I love the people here. I spend too much time here, and I was able to buy a really cheap van here. And I think that at the end of the day, I just enjoy Willimantic. And our McDonald's is pretty tight. Okay, so the McDonald's good, Taco Bell bad. I can't rem- I think it was a- oh, it was actually this. Uh, we interviewed Zebulon uh, in a previous episode, and they made a case for the Taco Bell at Willimantic as being a high point of Willimantic, and it was because it wasn't very good that that was like added character to their uh, you know their night. See, my thing is, don't get me wrong. Like I love a crappy Taco Bell. But when I got to sit in that line for an hour, I don't know. I don't know. It, um, it ruins my appetite, I think. You also so, underestimate how pretentious we are. So. <laughs> All right, so we got one vote for Willimantic, and we're going to come back to the subject of Willimantic at large later today. But uh, So we'll, we'll hold off on that. What are the other favorite places that we have in the band? Uh, I got to say, uh, as of recently, probably Crunch House. I haven't really, like, Known about it for that law, but it's it's pretty great. It is very strange, very very odd. It's a very odd place. I mean, Dave Tasty sucks. Dave Tasty is quite the man. He's not one of my closest but, friends. But no, it's it's very has a lot of character, and it's kind of dingy, but in all the best ways you could imagine. Yeah, uh, if listeners, if you haven't been to Crunch House before, it is uh, kind of like this classic uh, venue. Um, and I say venue a little bit in quotes because even though it is like every band has played before, it is kind of like a, a big closet. Like it's not that it's not that big, you know. Because even if a dozen people show up, the room is full. So, Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So Rex and Violet, have you thought of separate uh, answers than what you gave? I so I can't entirely I have an idea but I I have a feeling that it's the same answer that I gave okay I'm not entirely sure I I want to say Case Mountain uh it's pretty close to my house it's a nice walk I'll go there with my dog sometimes I think I don't believe that was my last I, answer it wasn't no it wasn't but it wasn't. Right, cool um yeah it was a it was a while back yeah, I'd say definitely probably Case Mountain right now. That's gotcha. Probably. Case Mountain with the dog. Highly recommended. Uh, and Rex, what about you? I'm honestly, like, having trouble, like, thinking of a, of a favorite. I would have to say, like, if it's not the same. I remember the last time I said it was uh, it's just Grable Park. Uh, but I think, yeah, the airline, the airline trail, it's just, it's like this... I haven't been on it in a while and I've not been like doing much running. I've mostly been just like going to shows right now. So I feel like I'd have to stay crunch house as well. It's gotcha. Like, it's also just such a, such a nice vibe. Personally, it's very comfortable. It's really, very comfortable. Yeah. And the, and the, the chain link fence with all of the plants, mm. you know, walking up to it. It's so exciting, especially at the end of that, Walk. It's a good friend of yours, 
hold arms open waiting for you to come. That's true. And also, that is a really iconic walk, right? When you're going from like where you're supposed to park to that spot around the corner, because like when you turn the corner, there could be nobody there or it could be like the most packed show you've ever seen in your life. You don't really know until you like turn that corner where there's like a weird fire hydrant for some reason. Um, <laughs> um, my favorite Crenshaw story I'm going to share real quick. Uh, uh, you all may know. Uh, she was at Crunch House. She, I don't think she was playing. Uh, she was just hanging out, and uh, somebody who was new there asked if uh, asked her uh, if they were selling uh, Angry Orchard beers there. And if you don't know Crunch House, they don't sell anything that is not like it's not like a they don't sell beer there. And so I thought it was awesome that somebody is like shows up and is like, "Could I like get like a beer, please?" Um, all right. <laughs> it is very, yeah, it is like very endearing and adorable. Uh, the second question, also a very easy question, and you can answer this separately or as together as the band, if you want to, if you all agree. Um, what's the difference between justice and revenge? Wow. Uh, a really easy, really easy one. A movie adaptation. <laughs> 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 All right, that's our band answer. Yeah, a movie adaptation. That's awesome. <laughs> all right. Um, okay, so we're, we're going to answer all together. <laughs> I don't know. Like, usually I'm thinking like, okay, like this, you know, this philosophical question, will, it'll take like two or three minutes, but we got that on the first take, so let's just, we can just keep moving. Then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Look, I'm talking about all the Batman comics I read, but Corey just hit it. Right <laughs> off the lead speaker. <laughs> that is dangerous. <laughs> I played drums. So I thought you know today we would talk about Litvar first, and then we talk about Psych Shack um, uh, because I feel like those two concepts are closely related. But we'll start with Litvar first. The first question for Litvar is: the late two thousands called, and they want their everything back. Yeah. Boom, roasted. <laughs> um, I, the, the late 2000s is like a, a big theme for, for at least your first album. So I think one really big thing that's like, or that helps kind of understand like the music of Litvar is the concept behind the album. So could you share with us like what the concept of, of, of like the record is, like where it came from? Yeah, Joe, Joe and I were, uh, were, we were struggling to come up with anything for a lot of like really fun yeah. logic projects that we had but we were like I was having so much trouble like trying to make it, uh, sense lyrically of the songs because I was like having a lot of writer's block and uh, we were pumping out like instruments yeah we had so much music and, and not enough I don't know if vocals you done. know this but Lipar literally only started because Violet was almost cast on Broadway and Rex and I were like the fuck are we gonna do yeah, because it was ill people, and, yeah. and then it, we just we wanted to still be a band. We didn't want to do like solo projects or anything like that. So well, we needed to find a new way to write without yeah. Violet. Yeah, and, and we had this back, huge but. love for like two thousands music. So we just kind of had the tools to do that story of like two thousand, you know, early two thousands, like AOL, like aesthetics and stuff like that. So I just sort of, I mean, I, it's like we just sort of threw together some ideas of like things that have happened to us and then through it through the, through the lens of like aol's like sounds that are all very like nostalgic to me personally um so i i did use aol for a while um but you know that stuff really like musically made sense 
even as an instrument, but like the AOL sounds just felt like a, a very important yeah. instrument throughout the record. But the whole like general story, it's just like this like 15 year old Andy who's like in a band called Lit Bar. He's writing all these songs and he's like in love with somebody who's like a little older than him. And, he can and their name is? Beverly. <laughs> Right. Really? Yeah. No way! <laughs> well, actually, it's not. Eh? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's just like sort of like a unrequited love story. But I, and it's sort of I, I, I speaking on it now, I, I'm like, God, it's so stupid. But it was really just to, it was really more aimed at the nostalgia of it, and not the like profound. Like obviously, the story is old as fucking hell. Like we've written that story so much in movies, songs, books, on the credit books, done to death. But we wanted to do this 2000, it's early 2000 spin on it. And with that, like, you know, the whole idea of that Andy and Beverly relationship was that they met once in person. Yeah. And the entire thing after that is online, which is a very modern thing. And we kind of want to like, what would like an early version of that look like? You know, and just because there's, it's no fun if we just had like fucking iPhone sounds and shit like that. So yeah. AOL made it more of an adventure. It was sort of like an escape in the way that like I love I love anime because I, I really feel like I can escape my real life and just like consume something that's nothing like real world. But there's still this resonance of things I go through in the real world in those shows. So a lot of a lot of the music is inspired by Japanese composers like Suge Lucio. Um, which literally the name came from. Yeah, speaking of this fool, <laughs> Rex sends me this band name, and they're like, Litvar. I'm like, all right, that's pretty cool. We release our first song, and I look up Litvar, and all I see is the credits to this song from an anime movie, and I'm like... <laughs> yeah, it's called The Silent Voice. <laughs> it's a really good song. It, it's a beautiful song. It's the best one on that soundtrack, so I'm really happy that we're named after <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> So if Andy is in a band called Litvar, does the Litvar in the album written by Litvar, does that is that album also the greatest movie of all time? Like, like did Andy go on to record an album about Andy, which is what we're hearing? It's a paradox. Andy Andy's right well Andy's doing what most songwriters do is talking about himself. You know, like okay. know, yeah, he's just definitely writing about himself. So yeah, the album that Andy would have made would have been Andy's Not Andy's. He wouldn't have made that song. Some of the songs I definitely think are like actually just Joe and I writing. Yeah. Um, because we couldn't just stick to like a narrative the entire time. It was too uh, boring uh, to do that. So some yeah. of the songs are like soundtracking Andy, but not actually by Andy. But most of the thing, like High and Andy, obviously, that's by Andy in a way. Gotcha, I see. It flips back and forth more than anything, like, because we didn't even try to stay to a tight concept. It was really just yeah. a way for us to, like, as Rex said, we had a hard time writing without Violet. And we used it as a vessel at the beginning to pump stuff out. And then we pumped out way too much, way too fast. And we're like, all right, shit, I guess we have an album. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
it's it's so funny like like hearing hearing bands like talk about like albums in that way because i think a lot of people they have this idea about like you know musicians are like meticulously like in a laboratory and they're, and they're crafting out nine or ten songs you know but really the story is so often just kind of like yeah I, this you know i got i got 12 tracks let's put them all together you know like yeah. because i'm gonna forget these and i need to like record them you know um kind of unglamorous in that way yeah. Um, so you, you've kind of been talking about like that this was something that was started because Violet uh, w- like could be out of the picture. Um, was that around the time? Because, Joe, I remember that you played drums with Eel People. Was this also whenever Litvar was like that was, writing so songs? That happened. And I started playing drums in Eel People. Rex and I met and Rex saw that I was listening to Snow Patrol. And Rex was like, you're in my band now. And I was like, OK, that's cool. Um, but right when that happened was when Violet kind of, yeah, yeah. uh, I, I don't know. It was, it's interesting. I've never heard the, like, we had trouble writing songs without Violet taking We don't I like to talk about like, how much we like you in front of you. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember there being a little bit of overlap because I, I believe we played a show. There was one show we played at Never Get to Be Cool where I think we were billed as like Yield People plus Litmar. Yeah. Like at that point, because you were like, there was literally like two weeks where we didn't have you. And me and Rex wrote a bunch of songs and we're like trying to figure out how we we're going to do this without Violet. And we didn't want to call the Yield People without Violet. And so Litmar happened. And then Violet was like, all right, I'm back. And so half the set became, we were playing early Litvar songs. Yeah, really. We were playing Healer back then. Yep. Um, and then- We were? Yeah, yeah. we were playing Healer. <laughs> <Either. laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I it was no like an er, like early, early version. Of <laughs> I was just yeah. like, hey, what key is a song in? D, cool, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it's wild. Hey, we also write in F sharp now. <laughs> hey, we learned enough. I've always been writing in F sharp. We've been, <laughs> we've been writing in F sharp for a long Since before time. you were born. <laughs> oh, like 20 years now. Um, but yeah, so that's, if, that's I was going to say, cool. so if, if, I, if I could drop some Galaxy Brain uh, Connecticut uh, trivia, I remember that Never Get to Be Cool, Rest in Peace show. That was a benefit show, actually, uh, that Taryn was doing for their birthday. And y'all played with, I think, Olive Tiger and Twitter Girl. Yes, yeah. And I don't even have my notes in front of me. That's just like, I'm doing it off the dome, y'all. Um, all right. Uh, so, and that show, that show was really awesome. Like um, even, so Joe, that was your, your first show behind drums, but it was like, there was an immediate chemistry there. So, and at what point does Corey show up and say like, Hey, do y'all need somebody to, to play guitar? Like a month ago. Because <laughs> I, mean, no, I had just known Joe, because actually it's funny, the show, that these two met at, I was also there, and that's where I also met them. And then the whole the fourth creators caravan. Yeah, I thought it was the fifth. There's the fifth one. Yeah. 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 We were all fucking there. So yeah. it was it was crazy. Uh and then so that's when I became a fan of eel people, which was pretty cool. And then the whole, you know, death virus thing happened. So no one really saw each other. And then that April I asked Rex, I'm like, hey, can I like join eel people on base? And then they're like, no, I'm like, okay, sure. And I mean, <laughs> no, but it was a very polite, you didn't, you never said no, uh-huh. but 
Yeah, I got the message. It's so funny. I don't remember this <laughs> it was, at all. It was pretty awesome. fun. And at that point, like, we literally weren't even doing ill people. Like, right. In April, me and Rex were living together. We were fully just recording the Lit Bar stuff. And little did Corey know. Right. So I didn't actually join Lit Bar until, like, basically, like, Corey, like, Corey's first the rehearsal time. was my first yeah. rehearsal. Like, we literally, we both joined uh, at cool. the same Rex time. and I got bored and we wanted friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, gotcha. uh, and then, uh, uh, then, then their uh, album came out, and I was like, "Wow, this is pretty cool." So I listened to that multiple times a day for a few months, and then I I just started like hanging out with Joe more because of Psych Shack and everything. And then uh, Joe's like, he just texted me. He's like, "Hey, you wanna you want you want to play bass in Lenvar?" I was like, "Absolutely." And then we rehearsed, and they're all like, you're pretty good. I'm like, all right. And then Joe's like, drop out of college and go on tour. I'm like, okay. And here I am. <laughs> uh, so, how, like, so it started out as a two-piece. Now it's a four-piece. Like, how are you feeling as a four-piece compared to a two-piece? And follow-up question, whenever you start writing new songs, is going to be the case where it's kind of like Rex and Joe work on the song separately and then bring them to the band? Have you all talked about, like, how that process might work? As of right now, all of the new things we're working on have already been in development since before me and Violet joined. Um, most of them, I think. Yeah, a handful of stuff for the rec, the next record. Um, first of all, God, it feels so much better. Yeah, to not yeah. Just I guess it's it's yeah. like <laughs> this is this is like ideal. Like, yeah, it, it wasn't that we got bored and just wanted. It was like I we needed them. We yeah. absolutely needed this. Especially, like, like it, because we started with Violet, and it felt empty without Violet, you know? Like, in any, we kind of developed a new-ish sound for Lit Bar, and then we're like, all right, now we need Violet's harmonies. Everything we did, like, I was never fully satisfied after any duo show that we did. Like, yeah. I always felt like it was just, I was bored. I didn't, like, have any fun. You know, I remembered you people when we played, even though there wasn't any bass, there wasn't any low end, right? It was still so much more fun. It was like, it just felt full because it's that two guitar sound, right? So right. Now, when some of the shows we played, just Joe and I, it was just backing tracks and I had a held a mic. Those ones were just a nightmare. I, I felt like so exposed. I, we were just experimenting, <clears throat> but it sucked. Yeah, it just sucked. So yeah. it was like, it was a no, it was no question, I think, uh, to, to involve we involve like some of our best friends you know like yeah i also think that like i can speak to this a little bit because we've done like a lot of acoustic shows together mm -hmm. like i love acoustic shows like i love that shit but i think that definitely there's something about it sometimes that feels like this is a special thing that gets to happen every once in a while and i'm not saying that about like acoustic acts but i think that like i don't know i, I feel like I, it, it didn't feel like something we were doing. It, it was a lot of fun, but it didn't feel like a consistent representation of the music that we were making. Like that's yeah, because it's not a real representation of what it is. Because I remember when you guys came to me, you were literally so done with playing. Like, yeah, we, were, we had been like, doing acoustic shows for so long. Yes. Like, it was only that actually. And I, like yeah, and it was like we're the thing it was like we're so grateful to play and be involved to this yeah scene. we just like wanted to be able to show like what we were doing it was like telling somebody uh like a really cool story like over and over again but like the story was like you were missing so many 
really like interesting parts of it. So you're just giving somebody the gist of something every time. Mm-hmm. That's what playing acoustic shows like exclusively feels like. They're missing out on so much important information about it, you know. So that's like, yeah. You know, you have to tell them the full thing every time. Like yeah. the other night when we were playing live, like I don't know, if we were doing an acoustic show and I like fuck up. Sometimes I can throw off the whole song, but like the other night, I messed up and I came up with like a new riff for one of the new songs um, that may or may not have But like, um, yeah, I don't know. I think there's a lot more like freedom. I think we've found a lot in being able to like jam with each other. Absolutely. Um, I I didn't kind of realize until this band that I'd never actually like really jammed. You know, like, like I like make songs with people, um, or we'd like kind of work on. But I never, like, we're never just like, all right, yeah, the, this is what we're doing. Let's just keep going. Let's see where it goes. And like, I find, I, I think we find ourselves like literally jamming on stage all the time, uh, like yeah. just kind oh, of yeah. like improvising the end of a song, and just like going on with it. And I think that's really cool. And I think that that kind of like going back to your question about like writing the songs together i still feel like i i have like a lot of creative license even when like working on working on like live songs that have already been recorded which is really awesome um, i think uh going right back into your recording question uh the way that we kind of develop like how we jam together is about how like traditionally like half of the songs are created of literally just um, originally me and Rex playing around in logic, like things like Andy 2008 and Autopoet. Those are songs that came from literally us just sitting there and messing around in logic. And the other half of the songs is like a demo that Rex will bring to me now bringing to the whole band. That's like, hi, I'm Andy. Um, what was that other song that existed? Uh, Beverly's Away. Like those are, more things that are like brought in so it's kind of like 50 50 and it's still been that like half the songs that we're doing now were things that rex brought in we're actively recording we're about to do that right after we finish talking yeah. to you um and it's kind of you know just 50 50 whether or not we're all starting it like kind of jamming it in logic or if it's something that rex brings to the table and that i go i hate everything but this is cool <laughs> Gotcha. Um, just before I forget, you know, you're talking about like doing these acoustic shows as eel people. Um, I there's there were several times like where I would see people like see eel people for like the first time or whatever. And in their head, you know, they're thinking like, OK, this is you know, kind of an acoustic band. And then whenever they listen to you on Spotify or Bandcamp, I had like several people say like, oh, I didn't know they sounded like this. And I was like, yeah, like it's very, very different. And that's actually one of the things that I really liked about seeing y'all live is that it was different than like what you hear on the record. And I think that that's also one of the great things about Litvar because um, your album has a lot of pro- layers of production to it. Right. There, there's a there's a lot of like cool things going on. But whenever you're playing that live, it's a different experience, right? Yeah, even still as a four piece, uh, it's it's I'd say it goes harder. Like the yeah. album is like soft, like the greatest movie of all time is, is it does like it's fast and it's like you know a lot of indie rock, you know, it's but when you hear this stuff live it's it's like there's this really weird anger attached to it. Like I it's strange. It's just, it wow. doesn't come from me drumming in my anger issues. 
doesn't come from that. No, I no. just play bass. <laughs> As Corey and I once put it, we're basically out there playing a punk show. Rex is singing the best vocals you've heard in your life. I'm no, dancing. Violet is I'm dancing. dancing. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, Violet is ripping the guitar. Oh, I got some. I got some dancing. <laughs> you going I, am, I yeah, I got two left feet. I am the choreographer. Going off of Rex's analogy, though, now I feel like we're not telling parts of a story. Now that we're playing these songs as a band, we're telling a different story. It's still a full story, but it's just a different idea. Than like it's still they're still the same songs, but they're just right. the movie adaptation, different. if you will. It, you could say that. I oh. that's really interesting. I almost I almost kind of disagree like i kind of think like bringing it back to the acoustic shows it's like a different translation but i think it's a closer translation and something that gives us more freedom i do like that like you know telling a different story thing i think in many ways like we are um but i don't know i feel like there's i that's kind of like what i think you know what you were saying um is cool about uh lit bar is that like we have it still it still doesn't sound exactly like the record but there's pieces of it that Mm -hmm. i feel like you wouldn't expect to be there in the live version of it that show up and you're like oh shit like like the you've got mail sound and like you know a lot of those samples and stuff so So i think it's i think it's i think it's kind of a like a fair trade um oh oh, yeah i mean yeah it's just like all of the in the records like information is there live but it's just it's just you know i actually i think i, I if it's not the true story that we're telling i prefer this that's what makes us look cool yeah <laughs> i get to play the bass line and hi i'm andy i'm the happiest i could ever be <laughs> So, so playing it live sounds like it's more tactile, right? Like if it, it's got like a different weight to it. Um, do you feel like the upcoming songs that you're working on, like that that carries the memory of the live band? Or do you feel like that it's going I'm to be... trying when we're recording that. Like I just tracked drums the other day to make it sound, at least for our first songs that we're putting out, as much like the live band as we possibly can. So I really want to have some stuff out that sounds like us as a band together and then obviously you know still like the layers and things like that um but that's really a goal of ours i think like certainly i mean while also not trying to stay like guitar music as well trying to blend it with like like a live band but also like we really i mean i at least we really love EDM music. Rex and I only get along because we both at heart just want to be 
I just love DJs. I love Porter <laughs> Robinson. I love Nintendo. I love James. I love all these people. Maddie on. Like they combine like real like organic music samples with like electronic music. So I really try to implement any kind of influence I have with that. Yeah. And Joe too in our recordings and our live setting. But in the live setting, you see more of like just a rock band, and that's I'm fine with that because it's it's so it's so fun. But in the recordings. There's still going to be this different sound, even though it's right. pretty close to the live recording, especially this one song in particular, which is heavy guitar. Um, there's still samples in it. Like, I still want this, like, chopped up digital um, accent over all of it. Oh, I made that. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. On this one, yeah, on this one we're talking about, yeah, too. Was it uh, Sandstorm? A little bit, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so um these upcoming songs are they going to continue like the 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 concept of kind of like this time capsule record um, yes, or because okay. we're we're still really into this idea of like time travel yeah mm -hmm. so but we're kind of just breaking out of staying in one era because that really only happened by accident and now trying to look at it more of this a whole like i think this song is specifically is looking at the concept of this not pretentious as hell but like the concept of time travel of like just going back to try to thinking of oh man i wish i could go back and fix mistakes and stuff like that yeah and looking at you know relationships specifically in two different time periods yeah and this song this song in particular is i mean it's it's no one tastes like you it's the okay uh, but yeah. it's completely uh, reimagined into something else. It's yeah. not. It's not at all like the one I made on the hit record. Um, so it's this is like because the lyrics are all completely different, and it really just explores that that feeling of wanting to you you like daydreaming all day about one thing you're so embarrassed that you did or said, and just like this really powerful urge to just like travel back to that. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, it's so funny how I pretty much asked to join Eel People, and then it was turned down, and now I'm pretty much in Eel People. <laughs> I'm with them playing Eel People songs, so like you know, I'll I'll take it. <laughs> so so you're saying like this this idea of like time travel. So are you saying potentially there could be like a second album that is like set in 2012, and then another album that is like set in 1961 or whatever? Not no, not necessarily. I think okay. It's more okay. Like, uh, it's more just like this we're still on the the idea of like uh, the even just like the ability to time travel just as an idea mm -hmm. um taking that on as like i'm gonna pretend that i know how to time travel and write songs in that perspective like stuff like that but like there is gonna i don't think we're gonna be doing any more like this one set in this year this one yeah. set in that year okay. say this now but we never know what we're gonna do we don't know yeah i feel gotcha. like a lot of times like like coming at it from a more like immediate perspective when we're working on like music either like live stuff or new stuff i think a, a lot like two words that we throw around a lot are tension and release um, which i think has been like a cool i think like just like a very simple guideline that's helped us because there's a lot of moments where we're recording things and not, like not as much so with the music but more like with our process where we're like trying to explore every idea to the fullest, but also be like, let's, you know, like, let's not 
complicated to it. Like for instance, when we were doing vocals the other day, and we were just like trying to get it, and we were we had like a million ideas for like ways that we could like sing the thing, and we were and we were just overcomplicating it. And then yeah. we took a minute and came back, and I think like you know like tension and release ended up being the note that got the take that we used. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I feel like. Like that's something that I that I've been I, I feel like I've been thinking a lot about when I think about the album, like in terms of the song order maybe and like just how everything sounds. Just a lot of tension changes. Gotcha. Yeah. And and if you build things around tension and release, I feel like it automatically makes it more of a storytelling medium, right? Because that's all storytelling is, is just tension and release. Um how are we supposed to feel about Andy as a character? in the greatest movie of all time. Personally, I think Andy kind of sucks. Um, yeah, I mean, he's frustrated. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I think he's, I, I think he's frustrated. He's just like, it's supposed to be the worst in us. Yeah, I mean, we like, did sort of create a character surrounding like our worst traits, but also it's sort of endearing. Cause it's just like, he's just, he's, he's young and he's fucking sad and and dubbing his problems with drinking and addiction and uh, just fucking it's a it's a really like just uh tortured soul uh, and he he does actually there he does actually connect to the eel people music in preliminary display of tomorrow's grievances. god don't i know don't. i'm just saying <laughs> no i'm just saying that, that is true the, na the name Andy yeah. came first from that album, yeah. Andrew Lord Walker, AGW, and, and of of the, the the middle song, the interlude of those two records is called "Of." That's literally right. supposed to be his death. So it's like he's he he does not have a good life. Yeah, um, he's supposed to die at twenty seven, and yeah. then uh, tomorrow's grievance is supposed to be the album after he's dead. Yeah, things after right. his death. Yeah, wait. Freaking concern. I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know that. Wait, yeah. I was, yeah, I was gonna say I can't tell if you're fucking with me or not. Like, no, no this, <laughs> it's all like actually. So like, la and for a while last summer, we were like, but with Violet, we were trying to like plan out like putting the pieces together of this actual story, and we usually just sit on my front porch for hours and just talk about these characters, and then at a certain point, we're just like, all right. Damn it! Let's just make some more songs. <laughs> like we beat it into the ground, yeah, but it yeah. was a lot of fun. Like yeah. figuring out all this. We're stuff. certainly just run thin on narrative and characters. Much <laughs> yeah, so kind of, I like it. Kind of like we're looking at every single song we make now as like its own narrative and trying to not get stuck in this big conceptual idea that we were in before. And it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Super fun. Well, yeah. last, but it, I'm just yeah. It, <laughs> I think it makes sense that I went into a phase of writer's block for a couple months after that entire endeavor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it makes well, sense. I've noticed like every album that we've worked on, this album's about this. Yeah. Before, yeah. Like while we're writing it and making it. And like that's always been such like a cool guideline to me. And I think it's like so exciting that we're not really yeah, doing keeping it loose. Now it's just um, whatever the songs. This album is about paint, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that was fun. 
So, you know, you've been talking a little bit about like the stuff you're recording now and um, probably no surprise to anybody who knows anybody in this band that you value doing things yourself, right? I feel like for each of you, that is something that I would think a lot about your characters, right? Like you like to do things yourself. Um, why is that? Like, why is it that like on this album, like you've wrote, produced, you know, performed this stuff, you know, you had it mastered by somebody else, but everything else is like purely in-house. Why is that important to you? I, I personally, I, I know definitely we all have things to say on that, but I personally feel like it's so much more uh, satisfying when I, when I, if I'm working on like a demo myself, a song myself in my room, and I, I, I feel like I, I'm going to be able to perfectly, like back to the story analogy thing, I, I'm the one who's went through it. So I want to tell it with my, you know, tools. Like the, 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 I think it just makes it much more sense uh, for the songs, the kind of music we make, the kind of things we're inspired by, especially a lot of the stuff that I'm inspired by, it's the same deal. It's somebody making it all themselves, you know? So I, I think that the whole like dance of trying to, work with a producer who doesn't know the song at all and just like tracking your stuff and then I just it bothers me makes me feel especially even back when we were recording this we had a lot less equipment than we do now Mm -hmm. especially me and a lot less knowledge but it didn't matter there's something of like when Rex and I specifically work in the studio I think we're always kind of just pushing each other and that like no we know the end product and we know what it wants to get there and it doesn't matter if we don't have all the tools yeah and now we have a lot more oh yeah a lot more but back then especially we're like it doesn't matter we are going to do it ourselves we're going to push there it used to be that there was stress uh like i don't know how we're going to get there but we're going to experiment and get there now i don't i i I feel like we're just actually really confident with our 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 stuff yeah we we know we're going to get to the end point with the song because we have all the things we need and if we come across something we don't have yet we just make up but we invent a new version of it in like combining certain, you know, presets yeah. and logic, you know, these things like we uh we couldn't figure out like just back then recording the drums to get it sound great. So literally in every single song, I have about on the greatest movie album, there's about eighteen to like twenty five snares and kicks stacked on top of each other. <laughs> um, and I like a big thing that we would do is we I'd record the whole drum set and EQ everything out so all that you were really hearing was the cymbals. And then even then I'd overlay symbols like we got ridiculous and I try to load these logic projects and my computer takes 25 minutes, yeah, but it was, what, it still does that. But <laughs> I was like back, like, especially back then we were like, no, it doesn't matter. We're not going into a studio where we put these drums. We can do it ourselves. Also we couldn't yeah. afford it. And no, we still can't. But that, but, <laughs> if, even if we could, like, I, I feel like we'd, we'd sort of be hesitant, yeah, exactly. be hesitant given that we could save that money for, you know, other things that we could make it ourselves. We might as well yeah. save a lot of money. It is expensive. Yeah, I don't want that. No, me Yeah. And also, I don't know if you've listened to any of my other uh, recorded work, but I have some demons in the closet and I'm a little bit of a control freak. So I, um, I really need to make sure that it's, it's my hands touching things and that's why i love rex so much as a producer because we speak the same language i have like i there are very few people i can really work with one of them is connor simpson my best friend in the world the greatest fro and the (laughs) and then the other is rex and pilot 
<laughs> but it, it is changing things like by having him in the so studio much. because like for wife for one i know she's like fucking jack shit about plugging i just i really do just sort of like throw things in the project and do it by ear to mix mixing wise but like violet like <laughs> because we're like going to be getting this we're going to start working in a studio of our own eventually um and uh like violet's between research like pressers and shit like that and like actually knows what they're doing like what she's doing in the you know in the fucking da for the digital audio workstation a little bit more than i do with that <laughs> i was i was gonna say like to a degree you know i i think definitely my relationship with kind of like doing it yourself is very different with my solo project that is with Litmar because like I think like I don't know for like with my stuff like sometimes I just get bored and I'm like fuck it I'm gonna release an album today <laughs> um, and like I did you know uh and I, I and I think that like there was something about like when I first started releasing music like way back when before I, I even like really started working with Rex at all and like people would kind of just like say shit about it. I mean, not like talk shit, but be like, oh, I can't hear the kick drum or whatever, some shit like that. And I'd be like, why do you care? Like, why is that the thing? And um, so I feel like even though I have, I've been trying to just like, you know, learn everything I can throughout production. Um, I largely with my solo stuff, I, I'm just trying to be less precious with it. Um, I was trying to put it, and then with Lit Bar, I feel like there's, I feel like there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of like recording chemistry. I think particularly in like our workflow. Like I don't know, I'll be laying on a harmony, and you'll be in the other room at the computer, and I'll just be like, okay, can you throw another one on that? And we'll do it like it feels. We all like speak the same like kind of sentences when we're yeah. in each position yeah and so even if like, we're all in the same room and one person's doing vocals it, it feels helpful it's to just have so somebody fun. yeah it's fun yeah. and, and it's i kind of feel yeah. like i like you know when i'm recording lit bar i definitely feel like my ideas and input is always valued but also i can like kind of be like all right for this part it, it's kind of like we always i feel like defer to whoever's kind of got yeah. it in that moment yeah. Like, if someone's like, oh, no, this is an idea that we want to follow, like, I feel like we're able to adapt and be like, all right, let's follow this idea and yeah. see if it yeah. works. Precisely. I love how we try every single idea, and a lot of them don't work. But it's so exciting it's, when they we, don't. We try, and it's so yeah. exciting when they do. It's just, we yeah. just try every single one. And yeah. I think that's, because I've uh, tried recording with a handful of different people, and it's just stressful a lot of times. But shouldn't this, be, yeah. It shouldn't be, but this is just fun. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Look, I like to just create funny a comfortable games, environment. Comfortable yeah, environment. Just funny games. I mean, I say that because I record a bass track in two minutes and I'm I'm done. <laughs> but, no, well, maybe I really maybe I have a different outlook. But. And uh, you know, so this episode is coming out after the Glambat episode that we recorded, and they were talking about like how they wanted to record on their own because. Anytime you're recording with somebody who's like not in the band, you're you're automatically a little bit self-conscious about things like timing and your decisions and you don't want those things to affect your music, right? So like if something isn't like 
the way exactly that you want it. If you're working with like an outside person, you might feel pressure to be like, okay, that's good enough. You know, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll move on. But if you're just doing it yourself, then you allow yourself that, you know, that retake or that experimentation, like you're saying. I think we're so comfortable within ourselves at this point mm-hmm. where it's enough where literally Violet and I were sitting here with Rex doing vocals before Corey got here. And we just be like, no, Rex, that was bad. And like, but like, <laughs> that's not what they well, said. Yeah, they, like, you got was, they would be like, you got a better like, one. Yeah. That, which is much nicer. If we you said that was nice. bad, I would have punched you in the face. But like, that's what I mean. Like we have, like, we know how to talk to each other to be like, no, we know what the best is. Yeah, and we yeah. know how to get it out of each other. Yeah. But, and know? there's no like insecure, even I will know that I did a bad vocal take. So like, we can all like bully it. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. I, I feel like kind of like, I don't know, maybe another way to say that is that like, I think we're just like all advocates for the band and each other in that way, where we're just like trying to get the best that we can get for the song. And I can like, I can speak to, to like Rex and I, like, I think it took a while for us to figure out our, like our musical language and exactly how we spoke to each other. I'm really interested in kind of this band's relationship with technology. So like your album is set online, right? Like Andy is online, like, you know, so like it's automatically like it's an album that takes place online. And I feel like a lot of times whenever bands do that, they usually like try to like have something nasty to say about being online. Right. So like, I'm thinking about like bands that have concepts albums that are about social media or whatever. It's never, Oh, social media is great. Right. Like it's always like social media sucks and it's alienating us and it's cheapening, you know, art and stuff like that. But I feel like I don't know if I get that vibe from y'all as like the authors, like because Litvar is like an online band that has really effectively used social media to promote music. Like where, where do you find like how do you all feel about that? Like is, is technology something that you should be worried about or is it something that like we should embrace? Like where do you stand? If we were criticizing it, we'd be hypocrites. So, no. But is that a bad thing, though? Like I said, we're very pretentious. So, we <laughs> you know, definitely social media has been a super, super valuable tool for us. And I think that at the same time, social media is like, you know, like as a whole, speaking broadly, is probably not awesome for us. Like for forever, like kind of like us meaning like everyone. Yeah. And so I think that like those two truths can exist at the same time, which is that social media can be like a power for things that are, are good. And at the same time, things that are like many good and awesome things have happened because of the internet. And also many like horrifying and awful things have happened because of the internet. And I think like both can be true. Like what? I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> I think like I think we like a lot of times people get lost with talking about the internet of trying to use it like anything to blame all their problems on it. At a certain point, it's literally just our life. Like we we evolve, things change, other things become part of who we are. And I don't think we wanted to be another band going, yo, this shit whack. I think we right. want to tell like a story of like you know a relationship started and it ended up online. If anything, we're saying online relationships. If you're trying to make the whole thing there work, that's not necessarily the vibe. I think what's really interesting is even like 
in the earlier days of Litvar, before I was associated with it at all, I think a big part personally of uh, their early success comes from how sociable they were, like their social media presence and how they were talking to everybody personally. Like, yeah. every, like each one of uh, their fans, like they were talking to, per- it was like a personal relationship there. So I think social media was definitely beneficial. I mean, just saying that from, I wasn't involved at the time, so I don't really know, but that's just what I saw. It, yeah, it was. I mean, it, it, having a social media as like a marketing tool for us was very helpful. So, yeah, I mean, it, but it, but I do think obviously I, I, the whole problem, every the problems with the internet, just a separate issue, which I, you know, have been trying to write a song that can encapsulate that. But I can't yet. I still don't know how to. Do but that. it's just it's life and everything. There's always going to be the bad, and there's always going to be good from it. Yeah, it's just that this one's frightening. Yeah, it's new. It's nothing that we've seen before. That's that's a little bit scary. Keeps you up at night. And it is about the demons. (laughs) Like about Twitter. (laughs) It is separate, but because I think that like the internet and social media and the implications of it are so broad that like they're not mutually exclusive. The good and the bad. Um, Keeps you up at night. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I personally like I don't know. I remember when I first got the Instagram handle for Letmar, I was like, whoa. because um, it's just like there was I don't know, there's there's just like a lot of interaction and it's really cool. Um and like it's it's also been something that like I mean I think about that second show that we played in Fort Wayne on our tour. And we played in someone's uh, someone's like backyard, at basically just like kind of like a family party type thing. Yeah, it was when we showed up, we were like, "Oh, this is this is gonna be this is gonna be a show." It was, and awesome. it ended up being like I think one of the most like beautiful experiences of getting to share music with people right. in my entire life. Wow! And like we have, you know, we have social media to thank for that. And like yep. the outreach that it provides us, so I think that like it's it's such a breathing environment, the internet, that I think that the good and bad is all like, you know, it's yeah, it's not mutually exclusive. That's kind of how I feel. About it. Yeah. Gotcha. Do you have any? So um, before Litvar had even played a show, y'all were able to gain an audience or or interact with people. Um, you know, like, because I feel like that's that's a little bit opposite of like how a lot of bands are. Like, you'll see like bands that play shows; they don't even have like an Instagram, you know, account yet. Um, and do you have any kind of like recommendations or advice for like bands that are trying to get started and use social media to like reach you know potential fans? It's literally started as a band in the middle of COVID, like right right at the beginning of COVID, you know. And I think that really just what I think helped us get some people on board what we're doing. And granted, we have a tiny ass fan base. It's yeah, very it's small. Not, yeah. But um, being honest about what your music is and who you are as people, I think really resonates with people. And yeah, we were just like, just, we just give a fucking notes app, like a description of like the new song. Yeah. That was really the, we just did it the first single. That was, like, it. That was it. Yeah. And I think that just 
I don't I don't care about like streams or anything like that because that's all not really tangible things. But I think actual people that really you know are about what your music is and what your movement is. That's what I like that we have you know a good amount of people out there in places I have never been to and some that we now have been to that are just really about what we're doing and you know who we are in our music. I think just being as honest as you can about that and trying to build those real connections rather than being, I need to get 10,000 Spotify streams. Like that, it doesn't matter. And also Spotify sucks. You don't pay shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Bandcamp, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've seen links for uh, selling like uh, greatest movie of all time on vinyl through Mother West Records. Like how did that come about? Like that's, um, that was just like by reaching out, uh, We've met some really cool people over there that have just kind of like helped us with like, you know, getting things like that. Uh, shout out to Charles and Dan. Um, that's, they help us out. But um, friends, friends, yes. Basically, um, we just ended up getting in contact with them and they've helped us like, we were, like we really want to get, because our people were like begging us to get the record on vinyl. And we we're like, we really want to be able to figure this out. And they were like, yeah. all right, we can help you figure this out. And um, yeah, they helped me cause I had, you know, some money I saved up and I was trying to build up my recording studio and they helped me, you know, get stuff that like that you buy this here, like, buy, you know, so they've been really great assets and really nice people that have helped our journey. I've noticed since coming into the band that it seems like, you know, cause I'd never worked with like, you know, any sort of label before. So I, I didn't really know what to expect. And it seems one thing that I think is really cool about Mother West is they, it's it's not so much that they like do the stuff for us, that they give us the tools to be able to do it ourselves, which I think is like really awesome. Right. It helps in my control. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. That's what this is all about. This is Joe's band. <laughs> yeah, it's me, the guy. <laughs> Whenever Rex plays uh, music with with Jason Rule, uh, does Litvar make a little bit of money because that band is called Autopoet? So actually, I get a hundred percent of the royalties um, because <laughs> yeah, I have pending. the original piece of paper from the old house that we live in oh that has God. the Autopoet lyrics. Yeah. So <laughs> I I get all that. <laughs> more the lyrics than, that I wrote on that paper. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah what you wrote, I, I <laughs> have Joe, that. Joe has more power than you think. He actually owns my likeness, actually. I do. <laughs> so we're currently putting together a lawsuit to see Rex and Jason. Specifically so, Jason. You also have a Patreon page. So can you pitch the page to somebody who's listening who's like, oh, I would love like alternative ways to support bands that I love. What would I get if I joined up on the Litvar Patreon? We tried, like, honestly, uh, we've been really busy, so we haven't posted as much as we like to there, but we try to put as much behind-the-scenes stuff as we possibly can. Every month we put up a couple demos of just things that we haven't released and stuff, whether it be, like, an old field people who tried to rework or something like that. Um, and it really helps us out because that, you know, goes directly to us. And right. Like we just try to give as much behind the scenes stuff of what we're doing. Yeah, yeah it's just like 
things that we couldn't. Uh, it's it's the it's it's a platform you can, you can uh, deliver content to, but actually consume it. Yeah, it's like, like really direct different ways, like different kinds of content that there actually is absolutely no other platform. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Access to TikTok drafts. TikTok drafts. <laughs> That's a funny one. Though. <laughs> We're gonna start posting our fits before every show. Ooh. <laughs> but genuinely, that's the kind of fan base that we like too. When you're trying to keep developing, of like we're trying to all be friends. We're not looking for empty streams. We're not looking to just be put on like the yeah. Spotify daily mix and forgotten about. Like we want right. to be your friend. We want to make a connection. Yeah, like know? a small just group, friend group. It's kind of group. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha, and that's why you have a Discord as well. Yeah, which goes in and out of being active and unactive, like clockwork. But I love what on there. So if anyone wants to go Eric, I did not know that we had a Patreon or a Discord. <laughs> I knew about the Patreon Discord. The Discord was made by our fans. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're not. Yeah, and I was going to say, I posted a question this morning, and I don't think it's been answered yet. That question was Did you ever get your checkered pants back from the hotel? Oh, oh wow. <laughs> So yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, we did. I I, uh, I called the the the, the uh, motel and I, I explained what I left in the bathroom. Like, oh my god, I didn't look for it. But shout out to Mike. <laughs> might have got uh, yeah. Shout out to Mike. He he's a, a <laughs> but, uh, he yeah. They found them and they're mailing it back as we speak. So those pants have traveled all the way to Indiana and back to Connecticut. I'm so, wow. I'm so <laughs> proud of them. I know. Well, they were with <laughs> when we traveled there. But were just they? They're traveling back by themselves. They're okay. self-aware. Violet. <laughs> I think we were able to piece that one by ourselves. Okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh, but the, the pants go hard, though, so I can't have it back. They yeah. do. pants. <laughs> so when can we expect, like, new Lift Bar music? It's been, what, almost a whole year? It's been almost a year, and I think sooner than you might think it's definitely that's what i think by the time this podcast comes out no so the the song that we're actually working on uh for release is and originally a song that rex wrote on their debut like new hit record back when you, you were three Right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> still, still growing. Still a baby. Yeah, very small. Yeah, small yeah. bean. Yeah, yeah, so I wrote a song Ugh. called No One Tastes Like You. Uh, and uh, it, was, it was on that, that that very first, very first, very weird Feel People album. I kind of love it. You can't album. find, if you have a CD, it's the only way to listen to it, basically. <laughs> I got a CD. I got a CD. Yeah. Um, I don't. <laughs> so you gave it to me. But we took oh, yeah. that we took that original song and literally I was like, Rex, this is a good song. Can you like lay down a guitar track for it? And you laid it down in this room and you're like, I don't really like that. And you went home. And then you came back the next day and I made like a synth bass line to it and I added some chops and stuff. And you were like, Wait, this kind of goes hard. And then we kind of <laughs> forgot about it for a while. And then Violet and Corey joined and we wanted to play it live. And so we pulled it back in and it became its own really like it's been through so many changes, but I think we're really happy with where it's at now. And it's oh, yeah. cool in that it was an Eel People song. And now, you know, Violet from Eel, Eel People has come into this Eel, Eel People has come into this new band. And we're kind of starting this new 
era of actually being a band and writing our first album as a band with a really old song that we made different. Gotcha. Super exciting. And that comes out when? You don't know. Okay. <laughs> but it's coming. Just you wait. Just you wait. It, it might be out by the time you're listening to this. So make sure you check Litvar on Spotify, Bandcamp, Patreon, Discord. I'm going to say that's a fat no for it coming out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like, somebody might be listening to this, you know, this like next wait, year or whatever. Yeah, it's like, Wait, Shit, let me get this. If you're call. listening, if you're listening <laughs> to this in 2022, yeah, check out our song. It's, it's called um, uh, what's it called? Um, Crazy Frog. <laughs> called the, the Crazy Frog album. By yeah. yeah totally. Oh no. Oh no. Romantic. Oh shit. <laughs> but I think it's also cool because Rex and I have kind of looked at the first album that we made together. It's not really our debut album is Lip Bar. Like, I know it is, yeah. but like, we've looked at it, it's like, this was basically our EP mixtape. Yeah. We're trying to figure this out. Cause we weren't a, like, that, to me, that wasn't Lip Bar yet. And now we're really being Lip Bar as a band. Like, we have Corey and Violet. Obviously, that is our first like, album. Legally, it's Lip Bar. Legally, it's <laughs> Lip Bar. But like, legally this really, dance. what we're working on now really does feel like our debut album, you know? Yeah, so, I gotcha. Yeah. Cool. questions about uh shake shack yes okay <laughs> uh so is psych shack is that uh that's all is that all you joe or is that in the lip var joint so that is it's i i run psych shack with a couple great friends of mine i started psych shack with uh the people who ran creators caravan so sean fortier anthony mozzarella um and then like Connor Simpson, like, cause me and Connor were running uh, house shows out of our old house. And as a cat. Yes. As a cat. And um, we basically folded that into creators caravan and made psych shack. Um, and then we started in April with literally like playing a couple of those little bar shows. And it's like, we're actually in the psych shack building right now. Um, and it does really tie into Lip Bar, and this is where we do all of our practices, all of our rehearsals, all of our recording. We do it all here. And we spend it's, it's really cool, though, because yeah. I, I remember when you, you moved out, you just had gotten this place for storage with a lot of people. Yeah. And then it was like a studio. There was plans for it to be a studio. And then y'all were getting so ambitious. You were like, oh, my God, I see a stage in this fucking gnarly-ass parking lot. <laughs> And then Sunshine just suddenly is just a fucking like it. solid venue. That's how Joe <laughs> works, though. But that's I, I love because it. it came out of nowhere. It was so cool. Because whenever Joe is like, 
I have an idea. It's gonna happen. You test no. Within like a month's notice, Joe bought a van and took us to Bloomington, Indiana. So it's <laughs> a thing that I did. Yeah. I try to like when I, I I try to get things done, you know, and like especially if I have an idea. Like, cause I have a million ideas, but I try to think this is my next thing that I need to get done and I get it done. And then I move on to the next one. And the first thing that I needed to do was convincing Rex Thurston to be in a band with me. I did it. I did it. <laughs> and then it just all went to hell from there. I convinced Rex Thurston to be in a band with me. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big one. That was, that was my super villain moment. <laughs> yeah, we've, um, we've expanded a lot. We've changed a lot since then. Um, right now, the way I kind of have it formatted is I have a couple different people um, booking here. Like Sean is booking here. Dave Coffey, one of my favorite people in the world, is booking here. Um, I kind of do a lot of like the smaller days because I really like to think of Psychic as somewhere where anybody can play a show here as long as you're a cool person. And I love right. to have like big weekend shows where it pops off. But I really do love to give everybody a chance here you know because i think everybody deserves to have their music heard as long as they're a cool person wow that's really sweet that's what i love that's how thanks all right so this is totally off topic but um i was talking with my partner about like she's like well what would it be like if you went into starbucks and they ordered for you depending on what you look like and um they were like you, you know what they would order for joe you know like the little like cups of whipped cream they give to dogs <laughs> he would give to me. and then for rex he'd just be like do you want a drink <laughs> <laughs> we say this lovingly anyways you can cut that if you want but that's just something i remember um but right now, like Psych Shack is, we really just kind of organized it out. I don't know if you know Austin Haney of Night Crew. Yeah. But Austin is one of my dearest friends, and he's really risen through the ranks, let's say, because it's organized as a cooperative, which means that there's a board of about 15 of us that kind of vote to put who's going to be more in charge in charge, which is me. Now, Austin, uh, Connor Simpson, and Lily Guile run our media team. Um, and then we have a lot of really good like photographers and stuff. Like Anthony is part of that. Um, Adam from Creators Caravan is a part of that. Uh, Noah is a new addition. He's a romantic native. He does some stuff in the photo. And he also does a lot with our renovations here. I'm just naming everybody because I love all yeah. of them. And he works underneath. Uh, Arden is in charge of our like operations here. He's the best classical guitarist I know, and also he knows how to like fix anything, which is really convenient. Um, and then my partner, Julia, she runs basically being mean to people so that things will get done. Um, <laughs> put it lightly. Um, <laughs> I'm an intern. Corey's an intern. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's okay. The plan was you could put it on your college application, but then you dropped out of college. <laughs> yeah. So, so whatever, you know. Yeah. Now um, we're running four shows a week. We finally got our inside renovated, so we're working out of the inside, and it's a little bit steamy, but we still got the AC. It's pretty in. great. Yeah. Last night um, was the first inside show. Yeah. Yeah. And um, last night being like this is going to come out next Friday, but that was Friday the 16th with like zipper tears fall down a couple other pump bands and we sold out um 
full capacity inside. Like we can fit 75 people in here. Nice. Um, we found out last night. <laughs> yeah. And that, that whole process has been like really surprising to me just because and not, not because I, I don't have the utmost faith in the team behind psych shack, but because as you hinted at the very beginning of this episode, um, Willimantic is like an area that is often overlooked, right? Yeah. Um, that it is like, so for example, like, um, you know, like back in the day, the world is a beautiful place used to have like a house that they would play shows at. Um, and Willimantic, but that was like years ago, you know. And since then, it's you know, you got friends of mine. Like, I don't know if you've seen this sticker um, around Connecticut. Um, my friend Chad makes these, and this is a picture of my friend Jeff. They were like, you know, a part of that and like the house and stuff. Like, yeah, okay. But gotcha. Been dead, and there's a lot going on in New Haven and stuff. But I really like Crunch House is like a sister venue to us. We look at it like that way. Like Dave Tasty's one of my best friends um and we really wanted to try to make sure that there's a spot over here and i think because willimantic is honestly a really cool and convenient spot in that we pull a lot of bands from rhode island and massachusetts too right we don't care about those states as much but people have been willing to drive out here to come absolutely see shows which is really cool yeah. Um, yeah. So, so thank you for believing in Willimantic because I always go, I always like complain about like how Hartford and New Haven are the ones that like, those are always the stops that people go to. Yeah. Um, and Willimantic Records, they would like host shows, but usually not at night. And, you know, yeah. it's, yeah. He's still active and still, you know, doing shows. And right. I love Joe from Willimantic Records. He's a really cool guy. But we really wanted to, because there was potential here, get, things going in Willimantic because why, you know, try to go where things are already happening. We can stay in the state and try to make a new spot happen and have other things pop up around here. You know? Gotcha. Um, what has been one thing that's happened at Psych Check, let's say at a show that has been like super notable or memorable for you? Um, stage diving in the night crew set was pretty popular. That was pretty was that Sean? Did Sean jump off stage? Uh, that was me. I, <laughs> um, I think that was pretty fun. Um, I think really a memorable thing, honestly, was I am very, I, I need to be like hands on with things. And this has been a new experience of me of like being in a management position of like, I need to delegate, let other people do stuff. And we left on tour for like, we were gone in the van for 10 days, but before that we were playing shows in Connecticut every day. Like it was like 13 days where I was just gone and I gave them a budget and I was like, can you guys get this place renovated? Like I trust your judgment. And they did. They did. And it looks incredible. Yeah. It and like, it's so amazing. Yeah. Mainly Lily and Julia. Um, Arden did get a, like, he knows so much about getting things done, but like Lily and Julia did most of the designing. And I think it, it looks really cool. And they got it done and I'm so proud of them. Right. And that <laughs> honestly was the best thing that's happened here. It was just them for sure. Knowing that I can be able to like leave something in the hands of everyone else part of this place and it can run and work and things can get done, you know? 
Yeah. So, you know, we mentioned that like last night was the first kind of indoor um, performance. Is that something that like, cause I was curious about that. Like if, if this was a venue that would like be around in the winter, whenever it's cold as hell and nobody wants to be outside. Um, but it sounds like it's just going to kind of transition indoors whenever it's raining and stuff like that. And then outdoors yeah. otherwise. So actually we're going to be mainly inside. Now. Okay. Um, and because of that, like, the main reason for that is when we run an outside show, it kind of, you know, was missed on people, but I'd be getting here at like three and I'd be okay. all of our audio equipment out. And like, you know, people would kind of come in. Right. I, I'm, I, at that point I was the only person working full time here. So, you know, it was a lot of work and then it'd be three and we'd be wrapping up by like midnight, you know, just like getting everything back inside. So when we're inside, it's very much, you know, I just, I literally have it all wired up. I don't know anything about electricity. It probably isn't good, but I got to plug one thing in. And the whole sound system turns on, the AC turns on, and we're ready to go. Right, but gotcha. We still have our outside setup, and we still want to do larger shows on that outside setup. Mm-hmm. And August 14th, we're actually having a pretty big one. with bands Yeah, the, the fest, the psych fest. The psych fest uh-huh. is happening with bands like Kim Normal, Litvar, I've never heard of them, Night Crew, The Problem With Kids Today, Till. So Till is my favorite band in Connecticut. I will go on record saying that. Those that is by far, I love everyone in Connecticut. Till is my favorite band. <laughs> favorite band is Problem with Kiss or Pondview. It's one of those. Pondview is up there. One of those two. Pondview is really good. I missed something, y'all. I uh, should I tell a story about how I almost auditioned for Pondview. Tell a story about you. Okay, so last summer, I almost uh, auditioned for Pondview. I was lined up to go jam with them, but uh, Luke never showed up. Which well, I knew he wasn't going to. Like it was already. It's just funnier if I say he never showed up. <laughs> uh, and then so we just. Uh, I me and Josh just played Roblox in his basement for like three hours, and then I went home. So that's, that's my story. That should be how like all band auditions should take place in Roblox. Can you play Roblox with us? Like, can you hang? Can you hang? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. if people wanted to. Uh, to get in touch with Psych Shack, it's on the website. There's like a link for booking. And is that like what you would recommend people just go through that link? Uh, definitely. Yeah. Go through the Google, okay. board, especially if you're a new band um, and you've never played there before. We have now like a contact sheet of like over 300 bands. We have basically mm-hmm. between a hundred and 500 people in our DMs. Yeah. Nice. At this point, I can't use my phone. I have so, to have other people use my accounts for me because my phone is destroyed with messages at all times. It's so easy to get a gig. Even before I joined Livvar, I played this other band, uh, Beach Blanket. I just want to plug them a little bit. Oh, Beach Blanket. What, the best ska band never in Connecticut? Heard of them. I no, wonder who's producing them. It's but not Joe from Livvar. Never heard of them. No, but uh, it's just so easy. Uh, of course, we played here first in like the very early days yeah. of Psych Shack, but it's just so easy for anybody because we had never played a show before. Nobody knew who we were. Uh, still nobody does, but like even less people did. Uh, and it, it was just, it's, it's just so great for like new bands to, you know, just, just come around. And, and I think two new bands, if someone hasn't reached back to you, reach out again, continue to reach out. Cause again, like I literally, I can't use my phone anymore. It is just killed with messages at all times. So <laughs> keep reaching out and like, we, we want new bands. Like I'm tired of seeing the same shit in Connecticut. Like, I want new people in. I want new, like, I think we all push each other to be better when we invite new people into the family, you know? For sure. Yeah. Um, 
you mentioned a little bit about like, there's a, a little bit of like photography going on um, at Psych Shack. And I know like Acid Cat was, there was like a big like video component to that whenever y'all were running that. Is that something that you plan to like bring back or is that something that you experimented with but don't want to bring to Psych Shack? So we may or may not be having a lip bar live session that will be coming to Psych Shack. There may or may not be a minus points and a shed life one that'll be coming soon. Um, this is all hypothetical, of course. Right. I see. I see. Who would have thought that these were real things? <laughs> but um, yeah, because I that was the plan from the beginning was getting um, Acid Cat turned into Psych Shack um, and having the live sessions continue to go up there. That literally started because I didn't have any friends in the scene. And I, I used to work as a professional like videographer um, before I quit everything to do this. Um, so I have a lot of equipment and um, I just did that so I can have an excuse to have bands come to my house and meet them and make connections. You, know? <laughs> you snake. Yeah, that's me. Um, but, you know, now we're, um, I really needed to get the live side of things going because I knew that live shows were going to be coming back. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, also live shows bring in enough money to pay the rent. And, okay. you know, that was the first goal was to get that going. And now that that is going and it's up and running, now I'm back into the getting the live sessions going again, which I'm really, gotcha. and I do have some on the backlog that will be coming out at some point, hypothetically. <laughs> gotcha. I know, I know that feeling. I, I totally know that feeling. <laughs> All right, um, and uh, you're you're going to be recording the Litvar record there with your studio, right? Yeah. So, is this something that like are are you going to open that up to other bands like to record, or is this just going to be like eight, like Litvar HQ? And um, actually, I I'm trying to run less in the studio. Um, mm-hmm. I actually have Austin and Connor. They're mainly running the studio now. Gotcha. Kind of, they're just. Austin built up some of his equipment into here because it was just literally my crap, you know, like mm-hmm. my microphones and fucking my boards and stuff, like my board sitting right in front of me and shit. Um, <laughs> but that is, I'm op- opening it up now to actually have people come in. Uh, that Mares is coming in uh, tomorrow and we're going to start tracking on their next album. What? Yeah, but yeah, that is, that is happening. Um, Beach Blanket is recording. Um, I tracked a lot with Human Fund, um, which they put out a couple things on Bandcamp. Just like they were just like early mixes. They're on Spotify. Yeah. They are on Spotify yeah. now. Well, we have a we have a whole EP with them that Austin's kind of spearheading that project. Um, Spray Bottle Fever sometimes records in here. Maybe they'll end up off of hiatus. Beach Blanket records in here. Yeah, they do. You can say it again if you. Oh, Beach Blanket. <laughs> yeah. Beach Blanket records in they here. Do. What? They do. What? to record in here. Uh, we have um, a good friend of ours, Joey Soprano, is a rapper. We recorded here with him. So okay. we kind of just like, we schedule recording around when we're not doing shows. At this point, we're running shows Wednesday through Saturday every week. So. Wow, nice. So when are you going to announce the uh, Psych Shack three-band bill of Litvar, Spray Bottle Fever, Fever and Ill People? Right now. <laughs> right now? <laughs> no, because Nitro needs to be in it, too. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be that'd awful. be that'd really be so funny because dude when we were running this tour uh i was running double duty because uh spray bottle fever and night crew they didn't fuse but kind of uh i like to think of spray bottle fever as the sleeper cell inside of night crew 
because half <laughs> of our set were playing songs that me and Connor wrote, like spray bottle songs, just to, like fill up the time. And because um, we like Sean really wanted to do electronics, and I was like, dude, you want to make hyper pop? That's like all me and Connor are doing. Like, you know, gotcha. Let's, let's do it together. And we were running like like playing these shows in Indiana, and I would be up there in night crew just screaming and getting sweaty as hell. And then we finished that and be like, all right, time to play drums and whip bar, I guess. <laughs> right, right. And he would drive us nine hours in the van straight through. And oh, wow. Him. Then we'd sleep in a Walmart <laughs> parking lot. <laughs> good time. It was a really good time. It sounds like I'm being sarcastic. But, but no, genuinely, it was, it was, so, it was much so much fun. fun. I'd do it again. Yeah, we're, we're, we are actively planning to get back on the road. We may be hitting the West Coast this fall. I can't speak more. Okay. We might be in October. Who knows? Sellouts. We, we we can sell out a little bit. Out. I got paid rent. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> no, it's it's totally okay if Connecticut bands play other states as long as they come back to Connecticut. That's yeah, the totally Connecticut. I like, yeah, I'm on dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Half of them are staying here. Yeah, shout Doug's out Finn Ice, buddy. Shout out to Montclair. I think we're also going to be recording with Montclair in here. Um, possibly tears fall down. It's we're doing a really? lot. We're making moves. I don't know. You tell me. Awesome. I don't. I don't. And we're actively always looking for people that want to help out. It's like Shack too. And we run as a business. We are set up as a cooperative, like I said. So there's a few people that like our, our board of directors that our members have voted to be, you know, in charge of making the financial decisions. I mm-hmm. be one of those people. But you know, it's really easy to just come and be a part of what we're doing and become a member and you know help us move in the right direction. You want to ever book a show or anything you just let me know anything you need i got you okay yeah, yeah. i appreciate that i i promised myself when i first made ct versus that i will never book a show though so like yeah good because to me this is too much social pressure and anxiety so i appreciate that but i live in social pressure and anxiety <laughs> <laughs> i feel and, about being able to feel totally comfortable in the most awkward situation ever when he's just sitting there going Take me home. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> a little harder when we're halfway across the country, but it you know, it's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's, yeah. Well, thank you. This is so much fun. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, this was fun. And I uh, hope that recording goes well uh, later today. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. See you later. See yeah. Bye. Thank you so much to Violet, Corey, Rex, and Joe for taking time out of their days to talk with me just between you and me. This interview was recorded a little earlier than most of the interviews we record for this podcast, which means, yes, they are bringing that kind of positive energy that early, super early in the morning, before most people even have their coffee. You can find their first record, The Greatest Movie of All Time, on the usual streaming services, but like they mentioned, uh, it's best to always hit up the artist's Bandcamp first, and they do have a Bandcamp, livvar.bandcamp.com. You can also find links to buy the limited edition vinyl of The Greatest Movie of All Time on their social media sites. Don't forget to also check out their Patreon and their Discord to become part of LitVar Nation. And I don't think that is what their community is called, although that is probably something I should have asked them about. Now that I think about it. Shit. Be sure to swing by the Psych Shack in Willimantic whenever you want to see a great live show. Their website for that venue is psychshack.net. And it has all of the upcoming events uh, and uh, even gives you like a couple of ways you can contact them if you want to get in touch with them, if you want to buy tickets or if you want to try to book a show there. Uh, You can find more Connecticut gig listings at 
our blog, ctverses.com. Uh, we got an event calendar that has um, similar listings too. We're going to play this episode out with the penultimate track on the greatest movie of all time. That song is Andy 2008 is online. Thank you for listening. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Drummer without some shit like that, I'd be like, why do you care? Like, why is that the thing? <laughs> <laughs>